Nike beats big inflation jumps and Virgin Galactic goes to Mars. This is the Running with the Money podcast. Let's get into it. And we are back with another episode of the Running With The Money podcast on a fun Friday night. So let's get this podcast going. Let's get this thing moving and let's get out of here quick, information fast, and let's get on to our Friday night, our weekend, our time to chill out and maybe take a look at some of our favorite stocks. Either way, Nike beats big. That's right. Nike beat big um, last night, and they actually led the Dow higher. Speaking of the indexes, the Dow Jones finished up 237 points, S&P 500 up 14 points, and the NASDAQ, unfortunately, down nine. Maybe some of that growthy growth has taken off to some of those big runs they had this week, but a lot of big numbers coming out of Nike last night, yesterday. Big, big numbers. In fact, for Q4, so they closed out full year 2021 or their fiscal year 2021, and they reported Q4 numbers that were stellar. I mean, stellar. Revenues for Nike Inc. or Nike, according to the investor relations, jumped 96% to $12.3 billion in Q4. That's up well, and that's up 88% on a currency neutral basis. So overall, up 96% on revenues on a year-over-year basis for Q4. And that's over the 2020 level where COVID-19 had huge impacts on the company. Now, revenues for the Nike brand totaled $11.8 billion. That's up 88%. Meanwhile, revenues for the Converse segment were, at two, were up to $596 million. That's up 85%. So solid, solid numbers coming out of Nike. Now, management did know that the strong numbers coming out of Nike, especially out of Converse specifically, um, that was driven by North America and Western Europe. So two major markets, good stuff. Furthermore, gross margin that also came out stellar. In fact, gross margin increased 850 basis points to 45.8% on a year-over-year basis. Love to see it. Now, leadership, they attributed this to, or this year-over-year comparison, to the fact that in 2020 and 2019 as well, the COVID-19 pandemic caused much worse um, gross margins. So this gross margin impact or this gross margin jump was somewhat due to the fact that the comparable gross margin from the previous year wasn't really good at all, but still a solid gross margin. Now, selling and administrative expenses, we always have to talk expenses because at the end of the day, we all know it takes money to make money just like in anything else. Now, those increased to 17% to $3.7 billion. Um, and, you know, that's not too big of a jump given that you saw 96% increases across the board in revenues. So at the end of the day, yeah, the increase, you never like to see a big increase in expenses, but this isn't too big compared to the big time revenue growth we saw. The company's expanding, therefore they're gonna spend capital to expand. It's the way of the road. Now, shifting into uh, net income, net income totaled $1.5 billion for the quarter. Um, and if you break that down into shares per share or earnings per share was 93 cents compared to the net loss they ran in Q4 of 2020, um, which was $790 million loss. And that was a loss per share of 51 cents. So a big improvement there on a year over year basis as well. I think it's safe to say that Nike is back. Now we're not done with Nike because they also 
closed out a big year. They closed out a full year, FY 2021, fiscal year 2021. By the way, for those of you that are new, when you read a financial statement or a financial press release and they go FY 2020, FY 2021, Typically, the FY stands for fiscal year, but that's just for you new peeps. Figured you'd want to know that. Everyone's always asking, what's all this lingo you guys bring in? Well, that's some of the lingo right there. That's some of the verbiage. Either way, revenues for Nike on a full year basis, FY 2021, increased 19% to $44.5 billion. That's up 17% on a currency neutral basis. So overall, nearly a 20% increase in revenues on a year-over-year basis. Solid improvement there. Gross margins jumped 140 basis points to 44.8%. Love to see it on the full year. Um, and, you know, the gross margin increase isn't as significant you can partially attribute that to and it's similar to the q4 comparison you know in 2020 there was a lot of COVID effects um there was not a lot of supply um there's a lot of supply chain issues nike couldn't get product um and therefore they were very much struggling to get product out the door they weren't making as much and they were spending more to fix or try to get around the supply chain issues therefore creating a lower gross margin. I mean, that's just how things go. But overall, a positive jump there in gross margin as well. And then net income was up $5.7 billion. And that's a diluted earnings per share of $3.56. That's up 123% year over year. Love to see it. Overall, Nike turned out a fantastic quarter. And management, they were bullish on the future. Um, In fact, if you take a look at what the company said, um, they were very positive. They said Nike's strong results this quarter and full fiscal year demonstrate Nike's unique competitive advantage in deep connection with consumers all over the world. And that was CEO John Danahoe. Now, he went on to say full year 21 was a pivotal year for Nike as we brought our consumer direct acceleration strategy to life across the marketplace. Fueled by our momentum, we continue to invest in innovation and our digital leadership to set the foundation for Nike's long-term growth. And what we saw in this quarter is that Nike is very focused on the long-term view for the company. They're very focused on producing a long-term digital outlook for Nike, long-term growth, proving that Nike can turn out consistent growth on a year-over-year basis for many, many years to come. And that is exciting to see. I like to see that they are reinvesting into those key areas For instance, in digital, that they're investing into their digital platforms, their digital apps, their digital everything. Digital is the future. And in the business world, especially this new business world and this new era of technology in this digital age, it's kill or be killed. And you have to shift to technology if you want to be a killer. You just simply have to. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day. That was Nike. Nike stuff, great. But we're shifting in to some of the big calls. In Nike, caught an upgrade or caught a reiteration of a buy rating by UBS. I like to see it. I 100% agree. Several people have brought Nike up to me in the past few episodes, and we've talked about Nike. And Nike is a very solid company. I've said it. I do believe, and they have still struggled with some supply chain issues. Um, and, you know, they're not a stock that's going to move when 
you know, it's not going to move 50% in a day. If you're looking to catch huge trades like that, Nike's not the place to be. But if you're looking for a very strong fundamental name to put in your portfolio in the clothing space, the design space, the apparel industry, then Nike would be my number one go-to. I love it. But other big analyst calls. Morgan Stanley reiterated Tesla as overweight. I like this call. Tesla, everyone always asks, where are you going to get into the electric car space? Well, I'll tell you. I have three. I'm either going to Tesla, GM, or Ford. Those three, 100%. Um, in my opinion, they're the three best positioned companies right now for the EV boom, for the EV uh, attention grabber. You see Tesla rebounding throughout the week back up to 671 off those lows that we saw mid-April there around 560. So I like Tesla. I think Tesla continues to move to the upside in the next couple weeks, especially if it can break out of this near-term little consolidation zone it had right around 690. If it can break over 690 and move over 700, you could possibly see significant upside on Tesla. It'll be interesting to see there. And it's also been, in the past few days, a big-time trending stock amongst the Wall Street best bets investors um, and those Whenever, if you actually pay attention, and this is very cool, if you pay attention to the analytics of trending tickers on, for instance, Wall Street Bets, um, you'll notice that those names typically the trend to the positive significantly if they are trending or the ticker is trending on Wall Street Bets. Something to pay attention to. Now, Credit Suisse, uh, upgrading Netflix to outperform from neutral. I like this. Now, if you take a look at Netflix... Yeah, we've talked about Netflix. We talked about them in the last episode. Um, we talked about how they could make a lot more money if they brought in advertising, uh, for instance, like actually showing commercials. But the company doesn't want to do that because they believe they would lose subscribers. And that's understandable. Who No one really knows what would happen. Now, I proposed and a lot of others have proposed, why don't they just come out with a commercial-free version and a commercial version um, and then your issue would be solved, but they don't seem to want to do that. But what does Netflix have that a lot of other streaming plays currently don't have? They have that new content. Uh, Netflix is turning out that original content like crazy, and, and Netflix's original content is good. It's very good, and a lot of people like to watch it. And therefore, I believe Nike, I mean, not Nike, but Netflix will continue to be one of the leaders in the streaming space. They're, they are the leader currently, and I believe they'll continue to be the leader up until Disney Plus takes them over, hence why Disney is a major position in my portfolio. But I do believe Netflix stays a top five streaming company for many, many years to come. Plus, it hasn't done much lately, the stock itself. So definitely a solid time to possibly take a look and pick some up. Now, rounding out our biggest analyst calls, we got a big call on FedEx. In fact, Bank of America reiterated FedEx as top pick. FedEx is a consistent company, solid management team, solid growth on that front. Um, and that's what I like. I like consistency, especially for long-term outlooks, especially for long-term investments. You're looking for consistency, solid management teams, and FedEx has it. Now, shifting into the inflation jump, I mentioned it at the top of the show. What is going on with inflation? Well, I'll tell you, quote, the May Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, otherwise known as the uh, CPE uh, or CPC, whatever the hell you want to call it, CPI. I mean, there's... Who, who's coming up with these acronyms? Either way, the per, core personal consumption expenditures index for May, well, that went up. In fact, it rose 3.4% from a year ago, um, and that is according to CNBC. Now, that's the biggest increase um, since, guess what, 1992. Yeah, 
1992. Now, if we break down that, those numbers, um, we actually saw that personal income declined 2%, and that is less than 2.7% drop expected. Um, meanwhile, you saw the core index rise 0.5% for the month, um, which was below the 0.6% estimate. Now, if we take a look at food and energy prices, the PCE index rose 3.9% for the year and 0.4% for the month. Um, and this is the, you know, the most inflation came from the energy sector with prices rising Guess what? 27.4% um, against the minimal 0.4% gain in food cost. So overall, we saw the, C the PCE rise a significant amount, and that is not good stuff. We don't like to see it. That means inflation, people. So this inflation indicator continues to move to the upside. As the Fed said, and they have been saying, we expect inflation to run hot. We're going to let inflation run hot, but we are trying to bolster jobs. We're trying to get more people back to work. We're trying to back the markets even more. We're trying to get this economy going. We're trying to kickstart it. Um, so that's what the Fed's goal is at the moment, and therefore they're letting inflation run hot. But that's not a bad thing because guess what? There are inflation-friendly stocks. So the big banks getting a jump today. The industrials getting a little hike today. Some energy names getting a boost today. The REITs getting a lot of action in the positive today. And that all points towards inflation-friendly. Love to see it. Now, rounding out the show, before we get into the watch list, we have to talk about Virgin Galactic. Now, a lot of people like Virgin Galactic. Other people don't like Virgin Galactic. At the end of the day, Virgin Galactic is one of those space companies that has a cult behind it. It's very similar to, for instance, a Tesla. It's it's a future, a big-time future company. Um, it's a company that's very much focused not on the near term, but the extensive long term. Um, and it has a cult behind it, a cult of people that believe in the company, believe they're going to be successful. Either way, Virgin Galactic announced Friday that the Federal Aviation Administration granted the company um, a license to fly passengers. Yes, that's right, fly passengers on their space flights. So that's big stuff. On quote, the commercial license that we have had in place since 2016 remains in place, but it is now cleared to allow us to carry commercial passengers when we're ready to do so. Virgin Galactic CEO Michael Kolagazer uh, said on CNBC in, in an interview. So big stuff there. Now, given that the uh, company has now been cleared twice by the FAA, that's two uh, Federal Aviation Administration milestones, this is big stuff, and they've been doing these test flights to get approved. Now, I take a look at the company. I take a look at the stock, and what I see is that right now their previous earnings per share was a negative $1.70, not the best. They're not really making money. They're spending a lot of capital, zero revenues on the board, which I don't necessarily like to see. Um, I take a look at the market cap, and I see that this company is currently trading right around a $10 billion market cap, just under it at $8.7 billion. The institutional ownership is extremely low, all the way down right around 25%. So I wouldn't, not extremely, but definitely low. Um, in, you know, it's an aerospace play. And if I was going to play space travel, if I was going to play space, if I were to pick any company of my choice, I'd 100% go with SpaceX. SpaceX is the clear leader, but... They're a private company. So who would I go with if I wanted aerospace exposure? Well, I'll tell you exactly who I'd go with. I'd either go with a Boeing or a Lockheed Martin or a Raytheon. 
or hell, a Northrop, all of those companies, or an L3 Harris, all of those companies are space and defense, aerospace and defense companies that have their hands dabbling in space, definitely. Um, and for instance, Lockheed Martin is a core holding of mine. Boeing is a core holding of mine. Both of those companies are big time in the space travel as well. They're doing a lot of space stuff on the defense front, which I like to see. So I would much rather go with a consistent and solid fundamental company and invest for the long term and build a long term position that has backing catalyst behind it or a lot of catalyst to look forward to in the future as well, um, rather than a Virgin Galactic that is up 266% in the last year, is currently trading at or near those all time highs right around $60 per share, currently at $56.75. Now, yeah, it's big, but I don't think that this company is going to make money anytime soon, if ever. I mean, at the end of the day, they are going to need to do a significant amount of space travel in order to turn a profit. They're a significant amount. They're literally like the airline. They're wanting to be, from what I can tell, the airlines of space. And if they want to be the airlines of space, we already know that airlines hardly make money. So I think it's going to be even tougher for these companies that are going to attempt to do this commercial space travel. I think it's going to be very tough for them to make money. So I'm not necessarily bullish on the whole like, oh, we're going to literally commercially fly people um, all over the place uh, and it's going to be space travel. I really don't see the long-term view for that. Um, that's why we have massive aircraft that Boeing makes. So that's just simply my opinion. Um, but I do see a future for more space travel, more missions to space, more um, technology to take people to space. You know, people could branch off into that. It's a very it's a very mixed and creative future that these companies are targeting. Um and I'm not necessarily looking to invest in creativity. I'm not necessarily looking to invest in the imagination. I'm looking to invest in fundamentals. Now, some people want to invest in something that could be or could not be. I tend to invest in patterns. I tend to invest in fundamentals. I tend to invest in fact, um, but other people, not so much. They're big time, imaginative, future forward thinkers, and they believe that some of this crazy stuff is going to happen, that maybe someday we're going to be like Star Wars and fly from planet to planet. That's way off topic, but either way, you get the GIF. Virgin Galactic is very much a hugely speculative play and not a very fundamental play. And if you were to buy it here at fifty-five, I think you're buying close to a top. Um, it's a it was a previous top, and I think it very well could be a top now. I could be one hundred percent wrong because at the end of the day, you can never predict price action, especially on names like these. Um, but I would not be jumping in hand over fist and buying it right now. I'm excited to see what happens, but I would much rather invest in SpaceX, so hopefully that company IPOs soon. Either way, shifting out of Virgin Galactic, which was a fun note, and it's a big-time Wall Street bet stock, we're going to shift into the overall market. What's going on with it? So today, we saw Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Amazon, bang, pretty much do nothing. They did nothing. You saw Apple down 0.23%. You saw Microsoft down 0.63%, which just became a $2 trillion company. You saw Facebook go down 0.53%. Amazon go down 1.38%. Speaking of Amazon, if you're wondering what's going on with it, all you have to do is go to the charts. Um, and if you look at the charts, it's trading within a range of right around 3,300 3, up to 3,500. It's been trading in that range. It's stuck in that range. And it's been stuck in that range since last July. Crazy stuff. But 
it has peaked one, two, three, four, five times right around 3,500 and it's bottomed like three or four times right around 3,000. So it's trading in a large range between 3,000 and 3,500. I would definitely be a buyer again if Amazon gets down to 3,200. I like it anywhere under 3,200, between 3,000 and 3,200. I love it. If it goes under 3,000, I'm a big time buyer. But long Amazon, I very much do like it. I think Amazon eventually pushes higher. It just has to break out of this range. It very well could do it within the next few weeks, but I am paying attention to that. Amazon, a phenomenal company. Prime Day did pretty darn good. Um, So I'm excited for the rest of the year on that. If it breaks over 3,500, Holds over 3500 I think you could very well see Amazon a $4,000 stock by the end of the year. Now, shifting into some other very strong names, we have Square and PayPal both falling today. Potential opportunities on Monday. Um, you see a Square at $239 per share, dropping 1.72% today. You have PayPal all the way back up to 289 So if those stocks pull back at all in the next few weeks, um, possibly a good fintech pickup opportunity there. I take a look at the banks, big time movements um, to the upside in the banks. A rebound after the major selling we saw last week because of the Fed fear. Um, we saw we see semiconductors not overall doing too bad, but kind of just staying muted. We saw AMD today move down 0.56%. A Taiwan Semi moved down 0.61%. And an NVIDIA that moved down nearly a percent. Um, I like Qualcomm, AMD, Taiwan Semi, NVIDIA, Broadcom, Micron, Texas Instruments. I mean, oh, and Marvell, in my opinion, the best 5G play in the market. But definitely all of those semiconductor names and the semiconductor space as a whole is one to take a look at. AMAT, don't forget them. Um, so many phenomenal semiconductor companies. We see the industrials getting a boost today. The Honeywell, the 3M, the GE, all getting a boost. We saw Alibaba get a boost. Some of the China-friendly names, JD.com and Alibaba, both getting a boost today as well. Nike getting a big-time boost, 15.53%. Starbucks getting a boost today, up nearly a percent. Walmart, um, the consumer defensives did great today. Um, some of the consumer cyclicals did great today, and that's Alibaba and JD.com and those type names. We see entertainment did pretty darn well today. We see Netflix and Disney outperforming the market. SE, ooh, man. The communication services area kind of got hammered today. We see, you know, the C limited down 2.1%. We see EA kind of taking a dip. We see Take-Two taking a dip. By the way, Take-Two and Activision, two of the best video game plays in the market. I think you can bet big on them both if you're looking for a video game name. But at the end of the day, that is the show. Thank you for listening. Oh, and take a look at the software application space, your Shopify, your Salesforce, your ServiceNow. Those three names, all down today. I like all three of those, especially Salesforce at its current price. But that is another episode of the Running With The Money uh, podcast. We will be back on Monday, per usual, talking the markets, just breaking it down in a chillaxed conversation. In the meantime, go into your weekend on a positive note and kick back and relax. Maybe dig into a few of your favorite stocks that you are watching um, and research the fundamentals. We've probably broken down some of them. We've done something like 350 breakdowns in just the past year. So go to runningwithamoney.com under the analysis tab. You get every single breakdown we have ever done. It breaks down the fundamentals quick and easy, goes through a technical update on it um, and what we like about the stock. So runningwithamoney.com, definitely a free resource for you to check out that is going to give you a lot of financial research. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I will see you again on Monday.